Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Well, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Steel Curtain Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you on a Thursday morning. It's kind of a normal week, not exactly, sort of, maybe a little bit, because, yeah, the Steelers are not partway through their week. They're most of the way through their week because they're preparing for a Saturday game, their first of two back-to-back Saturday games. Luckily, the Steelers aren't put on a short week to do either one of these because they're coming off of their second mini-buy of the season. Although, as I have said and Jeff Hartman has said before, mini-buy really only seems like it's a great thing whenever either you're, one, really injured, which, you know, the Steelers were dealing with stuff there as well, or for fans, when you when, when you get that win. When you don't get that win on Thursday, it's just extra long to have to wait to, to turn around, especially with the Steelers doing what they did in that game. I, I'm going to be honest with you. That game was a week ago. That game was a week ago. I am not going to go through and break down the numbers of that game again. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it because do we want to have to live through that? Bottom line is the Steelers, they, they're entering the final quarter of their season. They got a, a mini buy, even though it's only, uh, you know, technically three extra days rather than four. But they get that at the time to head into the final quarter of the season. And this is the stretch that's going to make or break them. They were set up to be in great shape. They were sitting at seven and four with two games which they were favored by almost a touchdown at home, and they drop them both. Now they're seven and six and fighting for their playoff lives. And of course, you know how that how that has to go. That some people are like, why are we even talking about this? Why are we even mentioning the postseason? Okay. Here's why. Playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Yeah, that's really what it is. I mean, yeah, what why are we talking playoffs? Does this team after these last two games? Seem to be a team that is destined to do something in the postseason. No, they don't right now, right now, based on the last two games. Also, they're a team that's without their quarterback for another game, most likely two, potentially even three. Then you've got to ask yourself, you know, what's Kenny Pickett coming back for if the Steelers can't win any of these games along the way? But if they can find a way to scratch and claw and get a couple wins here, then maybe you get it back. And for those that are, you know, the, the the Kenny Pickett haters, that nothing that he could do could ever be right, sorry, the dude wins. When he plays the whole game, the Steelers are very likely to win the game compared to when he's not. It's just the way it's been since he took over, actually really since the bye week of last season. I think the Steelers and all are, I mean, my, my goodness, I, I was going to say it's like 13 and three or 14 and three. I didn't look it up again of games that Pickett started and finished since last year's bye week. That's really what, what, what it is. So to me, if you've got a quarterback that gives you a better chance to win, uh, if he comes back, you look for that. Let's dive into this right now because I got the zebra technology stat of the week. So zebra technology stat of the week. I didn't do one last week because it was really poo poo. There was something I could have pulled up. But it was a last it was a last minute stat geek because it was called for my my last minute thoughts. So that's why I didn't didn't get to that last week. But here's one this week, and it's kind of disheartening. But I wanted to do it anyway. So this is about the wide receiver position. So here we are. George Pickens' average route depth across six targets was 3.4 yards past the line of scrimmage 
compared to 16.1 on non-targets. So when when Pickens was running downfield, he wasn't targeted. When he wasn't, that's when he was targeted. Okay, let me get back to reading this a, a little bit more. Okay, it says, that's the largest difference among any receiver with five-plus targets in a game this season. This season, that's that difference of 12.7. Every one of Pickens' targets were under 10 air yards, which is frustrating because when the Steelers did take a deep shot, why are you not throwing it to the receiver who takes a 50-50 ball and makes it 80-20? You've got a receiver that does that. What, you go try to fool the other team to think, oh, yeah, we'll throw Deontay Johnson instead. No, what you're doing is you're minimizing, you're reducing the probability of a completion. George Pickens increases your probability of completion. That's just the way it works. But instead, they'd rather, you know, throw him the ball behind the line of scrimmage. He's not that guy. Stop doing it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so glad I'm not the only one very, who was very critical of the Steelers' play calling in the last game because it just made no sense with so many things they were doing. And you're like, oh, well, see, now you now you wish you had Matt Canada back. Well, maybe for a short week perhaps or something. But my then my me being optimistic, me wanting to go west because I'm the king of wishful thinking, I'm I'm saying that maybe with the extra time, that's not the problem. Maybe when you look at a short week, You've got to say what factors are going to be involved that gives a team an advantage versus a disadvantage. All right, so I can see advantage. You're at home. Yay, you're at home. Disadvantage, new quarterback starting the game. Big disadvantage because he he had to come in in relief in the last game. That's a big disadvantage. He didn't get the week of prep that he would have typically. Another big disadvantage, almost a brand-new play caller. I mean, fired the offensive coordinator three weeks ahead of that short week for the new offensive coordinator and the play caller. Part of me should have looked at that and realized it was a perfect storm. That's why I only picked the Steelers to score nine points, and they doubled that. The problem was I thought the defense would be better prepared and show up earlier, and they weren't. So maybe we could just chalk those up to the short week, or or maybe that's just making excuses. Maybe it's just making excuses. So now the Steelers have the extra time to prepare. If they come out flat, if they come out not ready to go, if they come out with crazy, ridiculous play calling of not using personnel right, if the receivers and tight ends are running lazy routes, things like that, then you know what? Then that is who this team is. Right now, this is gut check time. The Steelers have no room for error, and we're going to talk about that. That is what we're going to be looking at in this episode, and because it's it's this. It's It's paving the narrow road for the Steelers, okay? The Steelers have a very narrow road to the postseason now. They had some flexibility, and they dropped their two easiest games of the season on paper. On paper, two easiest games, dropped them both. Doesn't instill confidence in the players, in the fan base, in in the experts, so-called experts, anybody. There's not confidence in the Steelers to get the job done. But guess what? They still have an opportunity to do so. But here's what I did. Well, first of all, before I do that, I'm, I'm going to kind of jump the gun a little bit. One thing I had been doing, I didn't do it last week because of, you know, the last minute thoughts as well, is I've been looking at the AFC North and how that's breaking down. I'm still going to continue to do that, although it seems like the Ravens have a bit of a stranglehold. It's not as much of a stranglehold as what people think. Oh, uh, the, the Ravens seem like they're locked into the number one position. I heard Jeff say that on one of our FFSN 
shows, not if you look at the matchups. My goodness. They lose to Miami when they play them in week 17. Guess what? Miami's probably the number one seed. But I'll talk about Miami and some crazy stuff with them as well. Four games. There is so much that can happen in four games. We are talking, you know, throw out the extra 17th game, just kick it out like it doesn't exist. We're talking the final quarter of the season right now. And there's all kinds of crazy stuff that can happen, especially when you're looking at six different AFC teams sitting at seven and six. We're going to look at them in a minute after we look at the AFC North. So the Ravens are 10 and three. You think they got a stranglehold. They're three games up on the Steelers, but they don't have a lot of a lot of stuff going on. I mean, my goodness, I don't know if people realize this. Steelers were selling playoff tickets starting on Wednesday. I got an email about it. Why? Because that's what they're required to do if they're within three games with four left and above 500. That's just how it works in the NFL. So you do it. You're, people are like, why would you want to waste your money? Well, you, you don't pay for it. Don't post the game. That's one. But two, <laughs> I think I'd be more worried if the Steelers did host a game and have to pay for it. Anyway, no, if, if they host a game, then that means really good things were happening. But here's Baltimore's schedule. They're at Jacksonville this week. They're 8-5. and five. They're at San Francisco on, on Christmas Day, who is 10 and 10-3. Then they host Miami, who Miami seemed to have their number, and then they host the Steelers. If the Steelers win out and the and the Ravens somehow drop two out of those three, which isn't crazy talk because the best team that I'm sorry, the worst team the Steelers had record-wise on their on their schedule, counting last week, was last week. And at home, it took everything. It took a punt return in overtime where they didn't call block in the back for them to win a game. That's what it took. I mean, they shouldn't have beat the Rams, if you think about it. And that was the worst team they had left on their schedule, and they barely get by in overtime. Now, they looked pretty pretty cool and like they could, they could score points and everything while doing it. But, yes, I'd much rather be seeing where they are with 10 wins. But they don't have the easiest path. But if they can come through and win three, if not all four of these games, then they are battle-tested rolling into the postseason. The combined record of the teams that they face are 34 and 18. That's the hardest schedule in the, in the AFC North. Next, Cleveland. They're two games back. They're at eight and five. They host the five and eight Chicago Bears, but they are surging right now. Now, once that they've got uh, Justin Fields back, took down the, the, the uh, Lions this past week. See what happens there. Then Cleveland has to go to Houston. We'll see if, if by week 16, if, uh, I don't know what C.J. Shroud's status looks like this week. Um, but I do know that, you know, with the concussion, hopefully he's back, uh, you know, two weeks from now or two games from now, I guess you should say. Um, then the the, Brown, the Browns host the Jets, the five and eight Jets. But once again, they put off a, a, a big win. I mean, tied 0-0 at halftime last week. They put up 30 points in the second half. I mean, the, the Jets – they're, they're no pushover right now either. Some of these teams at the bottom are really coming on. And then they have to finish off going to Cincinnati. So the Steelers are a game behind Cleveland. Cleveland could drop one in there. But honestly, I'm kind of – I'm going to group them with some stuff when, when we get to the rest of the AFC. I'm going to group them in that group, but they just have a, a game advantage there. Then you get the Steelers at 7-6, and six, also with Cincinnati at 7-6. Oh, and by the way, the, the record of Cleveland's opponents remaining, 24-28, and 28, not even a winning record. 
because you got two seven and six teams and two five and eight teams. The Steelers, they go to the seven and six Colts. Then they host the seven and six Bengals. Then they go to the six and seven uh, Seahawks. And then they go to the 10 and three Ravens. The record of the teams remaining for the Steelers is 30 and 22. Cincinnati at seven and six. They host Minnesota this week. They go to Pittsburgh in week 16. They're at Kansas City in week 17. And then they are home against Cleveland in week 18. That's not easy, but they have the same record of the remaining opponents of the Steelers, 30 and 22. So you've got the Bengals who had this killer schedule, I kept saying, to finish out the season. They have the same, they face the same record that the Steelers do. What made the Steelers' record better, better, the teams that they were facing, seemed like a little bit more of an easier path, was because they had those two, two and 10 teams they were facing, and they dropped both of them. So I know I'm beating a dead horse with that one. So that's just, it's just a little bit frustrating to see who's put themselves there, but it could just be that's who they are. This might be a team that that isn't a playoff team. And the whole reason I kept saying, people are like, well, haven't you been watching all season? You might have been able to tell that. My thing is, is so many times, how many times have we seen a Pittsburgh Steelers team that wasn't good early finish strong? We saw it last year. We saw it, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of other times. Um, no, 2019, they fell off. 2020, they definitely fell off. 2021, they fin- they finished stronger, went to the playoffs and got and didn't do anything because the offense just, I mean, my goodness, the Steelers held the the juggernaut Chiefs at the time to, to five straight possessions with no points. Had not happened all season. And all the Steelers had was a seven to nothing lead, and that was on a defensive touchdown. That was how inept the offense was. It did not help them out. And then the Steelers ended up losing that game because the defense could only do it for so long. Anyway, speaking of which, um, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When I come back, we're going to look at this cluster of sevens and six teams, look at the path it would take for the Steelers to, to make the playoffs just because this is, this is the number show. So I'm going to lay out the numbers of what it would really take. We're going to look at a couple other different things when it comes to this matchup. You know, I'll break down the the rankings and everything like I typically do, and you know, a couple other little things to throw in there. So stick around, we'll be right back at you. When my phone rings, you found someone new. All right, Steelers fans, let's get back into this. Let's talk about this actual playoff picture when it comes to the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers. The road is narrow. The road is narrow. The Steelers don't really have any leeway. But I will tell you this. I went through a bunch of scenarios. I was doing the generator thing, trying to find any scenario in which the Steelers win out and don't make the playoffs. It would have to take some weird combinations of stuff. I mean, I was doing ties. I was doing games you didn't expect. And I could not find one. I could not find one. That something would happen, that someone else would gain a tiebreaker on the Steelers, that even if the Steelers went out, they would make it. I couldn't find one. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. 
I'm just saying I couldn't find it. And, and when you're talking four weeks left in the season, this is hard. This is hard because there's so many different variables that go into, you know, com, you know, division record, conference record, strength of schedule, strength of victory. All those things change week to week. It really comes into focus when you get to maybe the last – I mean, even the last two weeks is tough. Four, that's difficult. But I went ahead and, and, and tried to do that. But we have this huge cluster of teams. I'm going to put the Cleveland Browns in this cluster. But they are not the only 8-5 and five team. Because you've got Kansas City 8-5, and five, Jacksonville at 8-5. and five, But they are currently leading their division. So does it mean that they'll stay there? No. But I'm just going to look at, at the – at those teams, at the at the rest of these seven and six teams. So in the wild card standings right now, the Browns would be the five seed at eight and five. You've got the Steelers at seven and six, followed by the Colts at seven and six, followed by Houston at seven and six, followed by Denver at seven and six, followed by Cincinnati at seven and six, followed by Buffalo at seven and six. All these seven and six teams. So the question is, how does this kind of all work out? Well, here's what's interesting. If I include the Cleveland Browns in this, all the all the quote unquote wild card teams who are not leading their division right now, if I include the Cleveland Browns in this, out of those, so that now makes it what seven teams? Yeah, seven teams. Five of the seven teams have two of their four games remaining against other teams in that cluster. I'll say it again. Two of their four games remaining are against other teams in that cluster. So some of this is going to get spread out based on these teams playing each other. Okay, for example, Cleveland, they still got to play Houston and Cincinnati. Steelers got to play Indy and Cincy. Indianapolis has to play Pittsburgh and Houston. Houston plays Cleveland and, and, and Indy. Cincinnati plays Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I think you just saw that. The two teams that don't play anybody from that cluster is Denver and Buffalo. Now, Denver, honestly, they probably have perhaps the easiest path to finishing 4-0. They played Detroit the game after the Steelers on Saturday night. That's their hardest game left. They have Detroit, New England, L.A. Chargers, and Las Vegas Raiders. The Chargers are without Justin Her- Herbert. The Raiders just lost a game 3 to nothing. Um, New England, even though they beat the Steelers, I don't know that they're going to get on a roll. We'll see what happens this week. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, and then, but Detroit, but they're coming off that loss to Chicago. We'll have to see. So Denver is an interesting one. And then there's Buffalo. Buffalo plays Dallas this week. They play Dallas, but then they play the Chargers, New England, and finish with Miami, who they already beat this season. So it, it's interesting because those two teams, uh, Denver and, and Buffalo, that don't play everybody else, their two middle games are New England and Chargers. They just play them on opposite weeks. So it's kind of interesting how that works out. So that's kind of where it all stands. Now, what's interesting, another one, all those teams clustered together right there, that seven and six, and I throw in the eight and five Browns and everything. The only ones that play each other this week is the Steelers and Colts. So no joke, every one of these teams you could have six of, the, of these seven teams win games this week. Or you could have one. They could all win. They could all lose. Or probably the more likely scenario, a delightful combination of both. So it is possible 
that those seven teams between the Browns and the other seven and six teams could go six and one. They could also go one and six. It's not one of those things where a couple of them are matched up, so you know you're going to get two wins and two losses. No, it's just the one. So that'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out and where this stands next week. I'll be honest with you, if the Steelers lose this week, probably not even worth our time. Probably not worth our time to look at it that much in depth because the way I see it, Steelers have to they either have to win out or drop one and get a bunch of help. I mean, not not unreasonable help, but a bunch. Okay, that, That's what it would take. So to me, with the players already saying this is like it's the playoffs now, good. Now, could they get some wiggle room before they get to the very end of the season if they win? They could, based on other results. But for now, if they drop this game Saturday, they are they are on the outside, likely on the outside looking at. Like I said, everyone else could lose, but the odds of that, I just don't see it. That that they'd be the outside looking in and needing help. And too many times, how many times has it been that the Steelers get to the end, they start playing better, they start winning, but they need help. At this point of the season, the Steelers don't need help. They just have to help themselves. And so they got to – they need to be a team on the rise. They've got to get better. They've got to be better than what they were the last two weeks. End of story. Now, here's some something interesting because you might enjoy this. Here's a scenario that I found. Depending on how other games go, listen to this. The Miami Dolphins right now are the number two seed. They're one game behind the Ravens. They are nine and four. The Ravens are 10 and three. So the Dolphins are a game ahead of the other two division leaders in Kansas City and Jacksonville. Okay. The Miami Dolphins could win their next two games and get to 11 and four. But there is a scenario. With that, that they could still not make the playoff. Okay, so the Dolphins could go ahead and win their next two games. But the big one's going to be Buffalo would have to be Dallas this week. If Buffalo beats Dallas, then this keeps this alive. Also, Houston has to beat Cincinnati because the Houston tiebreaker kind of thing needs to come in there at some place. So there's are some other things. So I don't, you know, I'm just saying this. But no joke, the Dolphins are the number two seed now, could win their next two games and could be potentially not making the postseason at all because they play the Ravens in week 17 and then the Bills in week 18. If they drop both those games and the Bills have won all the rest of theirs, the Bills move into the lead for the East. And based on tiebreaker, Miami would be out if the right teams are there that they would be tied with. Isn't that insane? They could get to 11 wins through week 16 and could still not make the playoffs. But what's crazy is they play Baltimore. If they win the next two games and then they beat Baltimore, they're looking at the number one seed. They'd be looking at the number one seed. So they could, no joke, the Miami Dolphins could go into week 17 with the potential to move into number one or two over the next two weeks fall completely out of the playoffs. That's insane. That's insane if you think about that right now. That would be crazy. But that's what happened when they dropped that game to the Titans. That really put a a, a damper on things. 
So, so the, I, I just thought I'd bring that up. That that's the kind of stuff that you're still dealing with with the postseason, all the different possibilities. So that's why it's just so important to take care of business. Now, the Steelers are playing on Saturday. Steelers are playing on Saturday. Under Mike Tomlin, the Steelers have only played two regular season Saturday games, one of which was last year when they played on Christmas Eve in primetime and they beat the Ravens. In all, and the other time that the Steelers played on a Saturday was on Christmas Eve. So the Steelers have only played regular season games on a Saturday on Christmas Eve under Mike Tomlin, under Mike Tomlin. And they're 2-0 in this. Beat the Raiders, then uh, 13-10. They beat St. Louis 27 to nothing in 2011. Now you throw in the postseason. You throw in the postseason, the Steelers on Saturdays under Mike Tomlin are 4-2. and two. So they're 2-2 two and two in the playoffs. 2-0 in the regular season. That's what the Steelers are uh, on, on Saturdays. So just thought I'd throw that little tidbit of information out there. Also, the Steelers are coming off their quote-unquote mini-buy. How do the Steelers do following a Thursday game? Well, going back to 2007, well, it's just convenient to go to Mike Tomlin era. The Steelers coming off of a Thursday game are 13-5. and five. They're 13 and five. Uh, and it, out of those games, I'm, they are three and two in the month of December when the games are played in December. So take that for what it's worth. But the other thing that's also interesting is of those, of those five losses, one of them was in 2009 in week two after they opened, or they opened on a Thursday night. So it was very early in the season. Count that as you will, because they had another one in 09 that they, in December that they won. The other one that's very interesting was 2007, Mike Tomlin's first year's head coach. The Steelers played on Thursday, the next to last week of the season. And, and this one kind of bothered me a little bit. They played on Thursday night. They won. They had so much stuff wrapped up. They had 10 days till their next game, and they rested players. And they lost that game. So in 07, they lost it because it was the last week of the season. They didn't play a bunch of starters. But they played on a Thursday. Then they rested, guys, and then they lose to Jacksonville in 2007. So I am not a fan of resting a bunch of players the last week of the season because it generally hasn't done – teams haven't done better doing that going into the playoffs. I get it if you have a player or two that you're going to keep out because they're battling injury, things of that nature. But when you rest multiple players that are healthy, especially your quarterback – not good results. I've done that in the past where I've talked about that. But that's just interesting to know coming off of Thursday. So, you know, trying to give Steelers fans a little bit of hope that maybe they could turn it around. What could they do with the extra time? Well, so with that here, let me get my, I got to get my paper flipped around here and, you know, bust out my pocket protector and all that other stuff. Let's look at this matchup this Saturday with the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. All right. I'm going to go through, I'm going to give you the rankings and everything like I normally do. Then we're going to look at it with a little bit of a twist. All right, so offense. I'll do both offenses, but I'm going to try to come back and try to compare the opposing teams, like Steelers' offense to the the Colts' defense and vice versa. All right, offense. Let's go with the Colts. Um, They are 17th in the NFL when it comes to passing yards with 226.6 per game, where the Steelers are 28th with 179.8 a game. So advantage there, Colts. When it comes to running the football, the Colts are 16th 
So 17th in the in the past, 16th against the run, or not against run, in running the ball. This is the offense. Uh, 110.5 yards per game. But the Steelers are one better. They're 15th, 112.8 yards per game. So the Steelers actually have a be- the better running offense. And it looks like the Colts are going to be down. Jonathan Taylor didn't practice the first two days this week. Uh, don't, don't know that we will see him. All right, next, point scored. Here's where the Colts thrive. They average 24.2 points per game. That's eighth in the NFL, where the Steelers average 16.2 points a game, which is 27th in the NFL. Yeah. The Colts are 14th overall in offense, or sorry, 337.1 yards per game, where the Steelers are 27th with 292.5 yards per game. So, yeah, there we go. The, the Colts, you know, their, their worst ranking is passing, which is 17th, and their best is points, which is 8th. The Steelers, their best ranking is running, which is 15th, so they have a better ranking out of all that. But their worst is passing, which is 28th, and their scoring is not far behind. Now, when you talk about the not giving up splash plays, the Colts have been sacked 30 times. That's tied for 11th in the NFL. But the Steelers have been sacked 27 times, which is 8th in the NFL. The Colts, they tur- they turned the ball over 20 times. That's tied for 20th in the NFL where the Steelers have turned it over only 11 times. That is tied for first. All right, so that's the offense. Now let's look at the defense. I thought I actually typed in the wrong number for, for a minute here. Because when you look at the Colts' pass defense, the offense goes 226.6 yards per game. Their defense gives up 226.1 yards per game. They are 17th in the NFL, where the Steelers are 21st in the NFL, giving up 226.9. So they're only – so from 17th to 21st, there's so many teams that close. The Steelers are only giving up 0.8 yards a game more than what the Colts are when it comes to passing the ball on the season. How about running the ball? The Colts are tied for 26th, giving up 131.5 yards per game, where the Steelers are 21st, giving up 117.9. So the Steelers actually have a better run defense than the Colts. When it comes to points, the Colts, they give up more than what they score. They give, yeah, oh, it's great. They're eighth in the NFL. They score 24.2 points a game. Yeah, but they give up 25.4. They're 29th in the NFL when it comes to giving up points. Where the Steelers, they give up 19.2. That is seventh in the NFL. So when it comes to yards, the Colts are 25th at 357.6. Steelers are 21st, 344.8. So the Steelers actually are ranked higher as a defense than the Colts. Uh, definitely in points and in yards, everything else. So if you look across, you know, let's look at Steelers defense to Colts offense. Yards, Steelers are 21st, Colts are 14th. Points, Steelers are seventh best in, in holding their opponents. Colts are eighth best in the NFL. That's a strength on strength thing. Okay, the Steelers are 21st against the run. The Colts are 16th with the run. The, the Steelers are 21st against the pass. The Colts are 17th passing the ball. So really, there's not that big discrepancy between a bunch of those numbers. But when you look the other way, Steelers are 27th in offense, while the Colts are 25th. Uh, they're Steelers are 27th in points scored, while the Colts are 29th in points surrendered. The Steelers are 15th in rushing, while the Colts are 26th in rush defense. That's the biggest discrepancy for either team when you go and look, look at it this way. And then, of course, the Steelers are 28th against the pass or 28th in passing, and the Colts are 17th in defending the pass, 
That's the next biggest. I mean, that's almost the same difference in discrepancy there. The Steelers good against the good in rushing, not good in passing, or the Colts are the other way around. But when you're the offense, you get to dictate what you do. Oh, sorry, the splash plays. Steelers, 36 sacks. That's tied for 14th. Colts, 42, tied for third. They get after the quarterback. Steelers, 21 turnovers. That's tied for seventh. One of the teams they're tied with is the Indianapolis Colts, who also have 21 takeaways. Takeaways is the way I should say that. All right, real quick, I wanted to look at something. Because sometimes you're like, okay, we get these numbers. I don't look at these numbers early in the season because you got to get some good data. Now there's a lot of data. So much so you have to say, is it too much data? How are they trending? How are they trending? So what I did is I looked at these things real quick again, but only looking at the last five games. The last five games, the Colts are four and one. They've won four in a row, and then they lost last week to, to, the, to the Bengals. Bad defense. They could only put up 14 points. Steelers put up 16 points against the Bengals. Interesting. Um, but if you look at the last five games, Colts are four and one. Steelers are two and three. But if you look at it offensively, the Steelers are better yardage-wise. Uh, they're 21st while the Colts are 27th. Now the Steelers aren't any better point-wise. They're actually, you know, they're 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 score less points, but they're ranked slightly higher. You know, they're down to 15.4, but it's I think that's 25th. 20, maybe it's 28th. I don't know. I can't read my writing. It's not as big a deal. The Colts, they dropped down over the last four games. Their five games are four and one, but their points dropped. They're 16th in the NFL, 21.8. Now, the and when it comes to running the ball, the last the last five games, the Colts are 30th in the NFL, only 80 yards a game, while the Steelers are third, 148 yards a game. And then when it comes to passing, the Steelers are just bad, 166 a game. Um, which is 29th, and the Colts are same rank as what they were for the season, um, but a few less yards, 17th with one with 215.8. So if you look at it over the last five games, even though Steelers are two and three, they actually have better rankings offensively than what they did. I can't believe that they're higher ranked offense than the Colts over the last five games. The Colts are four and one. Whew. So that's interesting. But if you look at the defense, there wasn't a, a, a well, here, I'll just give it to you. Look, both teams are better defensively over the last five games than what they were for the whole season. Um, the Colts are 16th in yardage. They're 13th in points surrendered versus 29th. They're 27th in, in giving up and in, in defending the run, which is right about what they were before. And they're, but they're eighth in their pass defense. That's the key. They're eighth in their pass defense. Where the Steelers, they're ninth in the NFL in, in yards over the defensively over the last five games. Seventh in points, just like they were like they are for the season, but it's fewer points, 17.4. They are seventh against the run, 93 yards a game. And they're 11th against the pass with under 200 yards passing a game. So, yeah, so the Steelers, their worst ranked defensively over the last five games, even though they're two and three, is, is against the pass, which is 11th. Now, what's interesting is here's some here's some interesting stuff with the Colts, real quick. When it when it comes to their their how often they've been sacked, they've only been sacked nine times in the last five last five games. That's eighth in the NFL. The Steelers have been sacked eight times, which is fifth tied for fifth in the NFL. Uh, take turnovers, offensive turnovers. The Colts have turned the ball over seven times in the last five games. Seven of their twenty turnovers. Um, that's 18th. The Steelers have only had three tied for first. Now, when it comes to the defense, 
The defense has 42 sacks for, on the season for the Colts. Half of them have been the last five games. 21 of their 42. Second in the NFL over the last five games in sacks. And their takeaways are almost half. 10 of their 21 takeaways have happened in the last five games. That's fourth in the NFL. Where the Steelers, they've slowed down in this department recently. They've only had 10 sacks over the last five games. That's tied for 25th. And they've only had five takeaways, which is tied for 20th. So the Steelers are getting better overall yardage-wise, just not as much splash play, where the Colts are the opposite. They've been getting more splash plays on defense recently, but haven't been doing as good keeping down you know, the yards and the points and everything like they had been. So it's going to be real interesting. That's just kind of the numbers to go along with it. And I'm still not sure what to think because I feel like the Steelers could do something. I feel like if the defense comes out there and really sets the tone that this that the Steelers could could win this game. But it's just so it's so frustrating that so much of it has to be laid on the defense. If the defense gives up points early, like they did in the last game to the Patriots, you almost feel like the offense are they even capable to come back and do anything. It's it's so unbalanced. Maybe, maybe with the maybe the new play caller and offensive coordinator and quarterback had the extra time and maybe they can get a better game plan and better stuff together for this week. That would be fantastic. I'll believe it when I see it on Saturday. I'm not saying they can't, but I'm not saying that they won't. We, it, we haven't seen it, so we would like to see that. But i tell you one thing. I will be watching this game. Can't wait for it on Saturday. Uh, getting you know, getting closer to Christmas. You know, consider aside my whole Saturday for football. It's really nice. Make sure you check it out. All our podcasts, uh, like I said, our lineup should be pretty much the same. Last minute thoughts will be on Saturday. Uh, Post game will be Saturday after the game. Q and A will be Sunday uh, for those that like to join in with that. Uh, and of course, make sure you're checking out SteelCurtNetwork.com uh, with all the work that uh, all of our great writers are doing there. Hey, four games left. Yes, the Steelers have left a bad taste in their mouth for two in a row. One good game could get you feeling like they're going in the right direction. You're only as hot as your most recent performance. That's why we're down on the Steelers. Why don't don't you help us out, Steelers, and get a little bit hot this week, and then you make make it feel like there's hope going forward. The road is narrow, but it's not closed. Let's see how the Steelers do. As I always say to finish these up, thanks for kicking it up.